0: turning our attention to Daniel today if you'll turn in your Bible or turn your attention to the screen either one to the book of Daniel I honor my father today and his great example in my life I honor all of our dads that are here almost any man can make a baby that's not being a dad To be a dad, to be a father is a great thing. It's a great joy. I really feel something that I want to share this morning. I'll do my best not to take too long. We're going to give some gifts away to our dads. Hopefully they will make sense by the time I'm done with this message. And if they don't, just pretend they do. And Daniel chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4 give you a title, and we'll pray, and then I'll allow you to be seated, okay? In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. Verse 3 says, And the king spake unto Asaphanez, the master of his eunuchs. and Here's what he said, That he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes, Children in whom was no blemish, but well favored, skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge, understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, whom they might teach the learning and the tongue. the Chaldeans I would like to draw your attention to the words in verse 3 from which I will make my text today certain of the children certain of the children now it's Father's Day dads this is your day to get spoiled I'm, I'm gonna say some of the things you text me to say in case they don't know This is your day to get pampered a little bit. You get to choose the restaurant today or maybe they're gonna make your favorite meal today. They're gonna cut the grass for you. I feel my help coming. They're gonna clean the car for you. Feel something in a room. This is your day. But I think that God wants to do something in our next few minutes together as we share the Word. How many believe that the Word of God can do work to our lives if we will let it? We heard that in our teaching here in the adult and I know you did in our classrooms. Brother Lopez did an amazing job in our adult teaching session. I think the Lord wants to do something through the preached Word. Would you pray with me one more time before we're seated? God, our Heavenly Father, help us in this house. Let your work be accomplished in this room. I pray that you would help my my body, my own ability to be surrendered to you that you might receive great glory in this room. That I would preach not just to the fathers but to every family that's represented, every individual that is here. I pray that you would help these words to move beyond just a individual father but move to every member in this room. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, say amen. Before you're seated, find a couple people and just tell them, Nebuchadnezzar wanted certain of the children. He wanted certain of... The children. How many know that we are lived or living in a world that is consumed with technology? Facebook, this, Instagram, that, Twitter, a few, Facebook, too many. How many know that because of technology? And this little thing called the World Wide Web and paid advertising, you know things you don't even want to know about. You know about things you wish you didn't. You know about things you don't really care about. One of those things I'm aware of probably all the men in this room are aware of. Now, I must tell you that I was, I was raised quite conservative in regards to my upbringing, and I'm so thankful for that. I can look back now at still a few days from my birthday, nearly 41 years old, which is young to some and ancient of days to others my follically challenged state. I can tell you this. I am not lacking thankfulness that I was raised in a home that was conservative. I'm thankful for that. I was sheltered from a lot. But just because I was raised in a conservative home, even void of the technology we have now, did not keep me from learning things about the world. I was raised in a way, I still to this day, some of you, this would baffle you, but I've never been to a movie theater in my whole life. Never been. Don't have any desire to go. It's just the way I was raised. But. I can tell you right now because I have an iPad, because I have an iPhone, because I have a laptop, oh, yeah, and because I'm breathing, that there is this little movie that's taken a lot of traction since Memorial Day. It's a movie that is a sequel to a movie that came out when I was a kid called Top Gun. Yeah, I heard some of you whispering it already. Top Gun Maverick is a fictional story that's been promoted and it is being marketed this weekend as heavy as it was in its release weekend for fathers and sons. Allow me to give you some statistics from this movie and if you've heard me preach very much, you know this is very abnormal for me but it received $100 million in box office sales the very weekend it opened. It opened in 20,000 theaters around the world. But since it opened just a few weeks ago, it has surpassed $800 million in sales. And you wonder why they think it's okay to charge us what they are for gas. It is the highest opening non superhero movie released since the pandemic began. And I would speak to every man, every boy, and every individual, in fact, that would hear me right now and tell you that it is a glaring reminder that our world is mesmerized by fake heroes. And I would even tell you today on this Father's Day Sunday morning that our world is not lacking fake heroes. What we are lacking is godly men. There is no portion of the beginning of that movie, and I have no desire to tear someone down, but I do have a desire to prove a point There is no mention at the beginning of that movie the morality of the lives of the individuals who are pretending to be someone that they are not to try to draw us in to a fictional tale so that we can somehow be displaced from the reality of our own lives for a couple of hours. The goal is to simply and temporarily make us believe something had happen great through us, through a character who is fake. Probably my favorite media post that I have again accidentally come across since the release of this very movie was a retired Navy um, pilot who said, here's what I know, I'm pretty sure I could whip that boy in a dogfight. Because it's one thing to be an actor, and it's another thing to be the real deal. Men of God, hear me on this Sunday morning. We need you to be real, godly, Christian men. Men that are not simply playing the part. If you'll allow me the opportunity, and probably whether you will or whether you are not, or whether you won't, here's what we need. We need men that will refuse to think, well, I'll just do my part and I'll get into character when the time's right. And you can... Did you whistle at me? I'm taking these home. (laughs) Can I tell you our world has enough fakes? Our world has enough phonies? And I'm going to tell you the last thing the church needs is more guys playing Christian on Sunday, pretending to be godly fathers on Sunday. We need you to be godly. We need you to be holy. We need you to be righteous. We need you to live godly. We need you to, We need you to love your wife we need you to love your children. We need you to talk and walk circumspectly and upright and righteous before God. We need less of this. It's Sunday. Let's put on the. Let's put on the Sunday, and for the next two hours, I'll play the part. Boy, I feel good right now. I feel dangerously good right now. The stats about that box office hit do not bother me. Let me give you some stats that should shake us to our core. One of the biggest threats to the generation that we are now raising is the breakdown of the family. Only one-third of children born in North America will live with both biological parents through the age of 18. For some in this room, this is very sensitive. But I want to talk to our young people too, not just our men. So men, I'm talking to you. But young people, I'm talking to you. Here's why, young men and young ladies, you listen to me right now. Because I found somewhere along the way, we waited until they had already done it to start telling them the statistics. So I want to preach in this generational This generational revival that we're having, some statistics that we better recognize. How is this affecting us? How is fathers walking away affecting us? Listen clearly 85% of children with behavior disorders are from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts, fatherless homes. 70% of teen pregnancies, fatherless homes. 80% of rapists, fatherless homes. 75% of teens in drug abuse centers, fatherless homes. 70% of juveniles in correctional institutions, fatherless homes. 85% of youth in prison, fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides, fatherless homes. 30 years ago, we believed that poverty and racial discrimination were primarily responsible for juvenile crime and behavioral problems. Now, nearly all the evidence points to family breakups and walk-away fathers as the real culprit. It's not always the dad's fault. It's not always the wife's fault. And if you're from a broken home, you can still live and thrive and be godly and be holy. You hear me, though? You hear the point right now. When a when a child, please catch this. When a child leads the way to church, three and a half percent of families will follow. When a mom or a wife leads the family to church, 17% will follow. But when a dad or a husband leads the way to church, 93% Dads, we need you. We need you to get the sunglasses off and quit playing the part. We need you reading the Bible at home. We need you praying at home. We need you taking your children. But Let me preach something right now. Dads, post-divorce, we need you living godly. Whoa, buddy, I feel it. Come on, I feel it right now. We need men of God that can swing a hammer, that can also swing some power in prayer. And get a... It should not be removed from your children that they cannot remember the last time they heard you pray at home. They don't have to think very far to the last time they watched you eat chips in that lazy boy. (laughs) They don't, have to, they don't have to think very long to the last time they saw you with a remote in your hand. I hope, they're, I hope they're not more used to seeing you with a remote in your hand than they are seeing you with a Bible. Oh, pastor, it's Father's Day, take it easy. We're way past taking it easy. I'm talking to every one of us. I'm preaching to me right now. We need fathers that will not be fictional characters. Oh, pastor, you want me to live up to something that I cannot do. No, that's a lie from hell. You can be everything this book says that you can be. Where are the mothers that agree with what I'm saying right now? Where are the women that agree with what I'm saying right now? Are there any men that agree with what I'm talking about right now that you don't want to just play the part? You want to be the part? You don't want to be some two-hour actor? And so I draw your attention back to the book of of Daniel and I find it an important text. God has really stirred up my heart this last week to preach from from Daniel, and I said, God, I want, a, I want a good father. He just kept prompting me back to Daniel. I said, I don't wanna talk about the boys, the boys, the three Hebrew boys, and he wouldn't leave me alone on it. So I got in and I began to read about them. It never had stuck out to me about Nebuchadnezzar asking for certain children. Let me tell you where Nebuchadnezzar messed up. In my assumption, Nebuchadnezzar messed up when he wanted children that could stand in the palace. It's his very words. He wants children that can stand in the palace. When you asked for children that could stand in the palace, you asked for children that already knew how to stand. And when you asked for children that already knew how to stand, you asked for children that had already put in them had it put in them to know how to stand. I've never thought about it until the Lord has raked me over the coals this week and taught me something that when Nebuchadnezzar goes in and besieges Jerusalem, he had to besiege Jerusalem because it wasn't given willingly. He had to fight to take it. And you don't fight to take it unless someone has taken a stand to keep it. And there was a deliverance into their hand, but it was for a long term play, and God was gonna get the ultimate victory out of it. But before they would ever carry them away, they did not recognize that unto themselves, when they said, We want children with wisdom, and children that know science, and children that are able to stand in the palace, they really, this is what he wanted, Brother Lopez. He wanted children that he could brainwash. To speak after the way of the Chaldeans. He wanted children that looked the part. And so here they go and they walk into the, into the into the area, into the government, and they start looking at them. And they said, Oh, this one right here, he speaks well. And they took him and they they said, I want you to go ahead and go go get up there and, and put him in line. And they found another one. They said, Oh, buddy, look at that suit. Look at that. Pocket square, my man. He can stand there and they, they grabbed one more and they bring him here and we don't know the whole story. We know about Daniel and we know about these three boys who we would call Shadrach, you finish it. Shadrach, Meshach, and he took my billy goat. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are brought in. I won't take much time on this. But if you study what their names mean originally, they are all about giving glory to God. But they take them and they rename them. Hananiah had meant God favored, but he becomes Shadrach. Mishael, who meant this is what God is, was renamed to be Meshach. So one went from talking about being God favored to just being a scribe. And one went from talking about the goodness of God to just being the guest of the king. And Azariah, which meant Jehovah is my helper, he's just going to be known as Abednego, meaning that he is a servant of Nebo. So they took these three boys that had been raised. They had been raised by their fathers and raised by their families in Jerusalem and had been called by particular names over and over again but their names were changed to represent the gods and the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar but there was something already deep in their heart that said you call me what you want but i know who i am you can I tell you why I feel okay with the boys up here? I know each of their fathers. I know the fathers of the boys up here. Here's what I think, Landon. I, you're, you're growing up. You're getting, Is brother Grover here? Here's the deal. Where you? Yeah, I see you. Here's what I know. While you're growing up, you're not too big for him. You know what I'm, right? Read Between the Belt. You understand what I'm saying? I can stand you up here and let them call you Meshach if they want to. But I know Brother Campbell well enough that he's already told you that while the world might try to rename you, you might not recognize this, but we are in a Babylonian takeover right now. It is very important that our kids, please hear me, please hear me, that our kids not just know who he says they are, but who we say they are. Where's Brother Campbell, is he here? Here's what I know. If they tell him that he's a liar, you've already told him otherwise. If they tell him he's a cheater, you've already told him otherwise. If the world tells him he can't beat addiction, you've already told him. Where's Brother King? Stand up, Brother King. I want these three dads to stand up. I only mean to embarrass you, but I gotta stand the whole time, so stand up. They may rename him Billy Goat. They may give him a new name, but you already planted into his heart And mama already planted into his heart that God is a savior and there is one Lord. You already planted monotheism into him. Hear me right now, dads, because there's a day when you won't be there. Right now I'm preaching this message and my dad is not in the audience. But you're hearing his voice as much as you're hearing mine. Because in the times when life threw things at us, and when Babylon knocked on the door, and when the world showed up wanting to misdiagnose, and wanting to rename, and wanting to take Michiel and change his name, and there was already something planted inside my heart that said, time out, I know who my dad told me I know who my family instructed me to be, maybe seated. but here's the deal, boys. where's your daddy now? Because they're out there. now you're up here by yourself. They're not going to be with you every day at school. They're not going to be with you when that young lady comes calling. and she may be cute as can be, but if she don't love God like Come on, this is real. Well, pastor, that doesn't matter. You better believe that we're still not supposed to be unequally yoked together. That believers are not meant to be linked together with unbelievers. You boys hear me right now, okay? We do not date to recruit. (laughs) Okay? And I know it's funny, but we don't date to recruit. Well, I'm going to date her because I think God loves her. That's not why we date them. What about when the sports team wants you to live different? What about when peer pressure comes against you to live different? What about when the ruler of the kingdom, because that's really where we're going. We're going to a place where the ruler of the kingdom is going to give you an opportunity. Now, boys, picture this with me. You're going to sit with Dan the man at a meal, okay, because Daniel is going to sit down to a meal. Boys are going to sit down to a meal, and they're going to bring out all of the king. Who, Who likes steak up here? Yeah. Who likes chicken? Yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite meat? What's your favorite? Prime rib. Prime rib. Big money. Okay. How about you? What's your favorite? Ribs. ribs. Man. Let the cavemen say amen. You know, ribs is one of those things. If you don't like eating animals, ribs is one of those things you can't pretend you don't know what you're doing. I like that. How about you? Any kind of meat? What's special? Just steak? Oh, just steak. So we got steak, ribs, prime rib. And Daniel's got you on carrots and broccoli. And here he comes, the the king lays a smorgasbord because there is a type and shadow, boys, that's happening here. There's a type and shadow of of really what Babylon presents. it wants you to believe that if you feast from my table, you will be better. And the table's prepared. And they run over to Dan, the man, and they say, hey, 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 we, we can't do this because if you guys aren't gaining weight like everybody else and if you guys aren't healthy, then I'm going to be the one to get in trouble. And Daniel makes a deal with him. He says, you check us out in about 10 days. Just take a look at us. Yeah, everybody that hates the Daniel's diet, you know what I'm talking about right now. You. <clears throat> Oh, sorry, I meant Daniel's fast. That's they come back 10, 10 days later, and somehow these boys that have refrained are healthier and look better. They're bright eyed, they're bushy tailed, they're strong in their body. And they say, Wait a minute, what is it? I'm going to tell you the, the number one thing that they did is they, we live in a world. We live in a world right now where it's a common phrase, don't live in denial. Right? Don't live in denial. But sometimes denial is good. And they denied to eat of the king's meat. They denied to feast on something, watch, that would make them lesser than who they were meant to be. Because there are some things in the world that if we feast on will not make us better no matter what the world says. I don't care how widely accepted it is. There are certain things we cannot feast on without it taking away from us. So they did not. They denied it. And they were found to be stronger. But then it goes on from there. The, the furnace was not their first denial. That, 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 that was where it started. It started in Jerusalem and it led to the denying of, of the king's table and the king's meat. Because the Bible says in Daniel chapter 2, Verses 48 and 49, the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many gifts and made him ruler over the whole providence of Babylon and the chief governors of all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel requested of the king and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Abednego, goat, over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying their refusal to eat from his table did not keep them from getting elevated to where God needed them to be. If you think you need to feast at the world's table for him to get you ahead, elbow your neighbor and tell him you don't have to. Daniel chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. Boys, I'm about to talk about you right here, the parts that you're playing. Thou, O King, verses 10 through 12, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. Now we know that in chapter 2, Dan the man was used to interpret a dream. When he gave him that dream, he talks about the giant that Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed about, okay? All these different parts and elements and those that love to talk about prophecy love to utilize and talk through this. But basically, Daniel had just told him, your dream was letting you know your kingdom would not last. You can play the part all day long, but your part, or your kingdom is not going to stand. And so the start of chapter three was that Nebuchadnezzar, he built a 90 foot gold statue, a 90 foot idol, that's big. And everybody, when they heard the music, what were they supposed to do? Bow down and worship. Because this is a new God. And it's Nebuchadnezzar's way of saying, my kingdom will stand. Even though he had just blessed Daniel and given him favor for his ability to interpret the dream, then he got back within himself being the man and trying to just raise that tower, that idol. And then everybody was supposed to worship. But right here, we're picking up where these Chaldeans come to him and say, oh, Nebuchadnezzar. You said everybody had to bow. Watch this. There are certain Jews who you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. You've made them leaders, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. Watch Watch what he said. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They said a mouthful right there. They they made the very declaration, they don't serve your gods. So they didn't take of his meat. They denied of the feast of the king. The second denial that they had was bowing down to an idol. Men of God in this room, if we don't want them to bow down to it, we better not bow down to it. They're standing here representing our youth group, Brother Matthews. And if our youth group isn't going to bow down to things of this world, then we need our fathers. (sighs) Dads, please hear me. Let me pastor you for a minute. If all they see you do is chasing the almighty dollar, it's quiet, but it's right if all they see is us chasing the idols of this world and bowing down, oh, pastor, I don't bow down. You spend 70 hours a week at work and you don't spend 70 minutes with them. I'm telling you, that's not the will of God. Because there's going to be somebody in their corner saying just bow down before the idol. Everybody else is doing it. Just go ahead and get down. It'd be better for you to bow now than to burn later. But there was a different kind of burning at stake. They didn't bow. Thank God they didn't bow. Young people, I want to talk to you. Thank you for not bowing to this world. Thank you for not (laughs) bowing to this world world. Well, everybody everybody texts inappropriate. No, they don't. Thank you for not bowing to this world. Well, everybody watches that. No, they don't. Thank you for not bowing to this world. Everybody talks like that. No, they don't. Thank you for not bowing to this world to which I would say to the dads and to the single moms in this room, thank you for teaching them not to bow. So that's not it. Here comes the real test. It's one thing to bow when people aren't really paying attention. But when you get called to the carpet, because Nebuchadnezzar is furious, any men in here ever been furious in the last two hours? I just didn't want anybody to lie, so I... He's furious! He can't believe the news that he's been given. And so what's he do? He calls them to it. Here's the real test, here's the real test of a person. If you can keep from crawfishing, how many know what, am I too southern? Does everybody know what crawfishing is? Crawfish is when you take a real strong stand until you get called on it. He calls them close. And he says, I want to know if it's true. I want to know if you really did not bow. How dare you not bow? Let's look at this together. Watch what they say. Daniel chapter 3 verse 13. If you have your Bible turned there, if not, look at the screen. Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, he commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. I just gave you good jobs. Surely you don't want to lose your job. Do not ye serve my gods? Nor worship the golden image which I've set up? Now, if you be ready at that time when you hear the music of the cornet, the flute, the the harp, the sacrament, the psaltery, the dulcimer, all kinds of music, you fall down. You worship the image which I've made. But if you worship not, you're going to be cast that same hour into the midst of... Maybe you didn't hear this news. You boys, I want you to listen real quick just in case you didn't hear the news. You're going to be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? I love this portion as much as almost anything in Scripture that I get to read from a narrative. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. You know what they said? three boys that are carried off somewhere around the age of 12 to 15, you know what they said? They said, oh, we don't even have to think about this. We're not careful to answer you on this. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you have heard it your whole life, but think about this. They're standing not in front of one of his people. They're standing in front of the king himself and these teenage boys said, Oh, yeah, we don't have to give much thought to this. You audacious. Better be careful pointing at him. It'll be a gif. How many know what he must have been thinking? You spoiled. Go to the next verse. We're not careful to answer it. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand. If he can pull us out of the furnace, he can pull us out of your hand. Watch verse verse 18. But if not, you better know this, Neb, that we will not serve thy gods. We will not worship the golden image which you have set up. Can you imagine that some 12 to 15-year-olds would have looked at King Nebuchadnezzar and say, we don't even have to think about this? God's got it. Right. You, want, I, you want to know what I want you boys to know and what I want this youth group to know because our dads and our moms are putting it into you. It's Brother Matthews, I love you, but it's not all your job. Youth team, I love your guts, but it's not all your job. What we need is enforcement at home from moms and dads. And it's Father's Day, so I'm going to say it Godly parents, Godly parents, that your name just doesn't appear because you're the biological contributor. Just because you're the one who did the adoption, that's not it alone, but you are the father that has put into their hearts. When you get the chance, you tell the kingdom of this world, we don't even have to think about it. Our God is more than able. Our God is more than able. Because here's what's happening. If we're not recognizing this, Brother Henderson, here's what's happening right now. The world is standing in front of our kids and saying, how dare you? You bow down. Come on, everybody celebrates pride, you too. Might not like this, I'm gonna hit right where we are right now. Everybody's doing this, you do it too. Don't you talk against it, don't you be, bow down. All right, fine, fine. Everybody's looking at porn, do it. What are you doing? You might not know this, but a fiery furnace, it's not gonna be a fiery furnace like they did, but I'm gonna make you ostracized. I'm gonna make you alienated. I'm gonna make people turn their backs on you. I'm gonna take your position away from you. I'm gonna strip popularity. I'm gonna take everything you, why won't you get down? And here's what we need. We need godly teenagers that'll say, I don't care what you say, and I don't care what you threaten me with. We will not bow. You didn't get just any children. You got certain. Children, you got children of the king, you got children of the Lord Jehovah. Our names mean that God is able. Stand with me, God's able. Are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to bow? Are you sure? Do you want to think about it? It's gonna be really hot. We're gonna turn it up, muy fuego. You're gonna be sizzling. It won't be western, it's your last chance. Nope, bind them with ropes. Indignant in his rage. Fire is so hot that the men trying to take them die. Please catch this. Please don't let me lose you in the standing. i let you stand to give you hope. We've always called them the three Hebrew boys. But all of a sudden... King Neb, he doesn't say how many kids did we throw in the fire. He said, hey, 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 guys. How many men did we throw in there? I thought he wasn't confused. He knew. Wasn't it... I'm not uber educated, but one, two, three. Take my sandal off. One, two, three. We might have a problem. Fourth one. What is it? I hear it from the, what is it? The f- fourth one, the fourth one looks like the Son of God. They didn't fish, they didn't deny, they didn't back up. And to a bunch of people, they walked in boys, but they were about to walk out men. Because the Son of... Whew. If you hear the acknowledgement, here's what I'm after, this is the whole thing the acknowledgement of Nebuchadnezzar following this moment, the supreme nature with which he speaks about the God of these people, the way he begins to acknowledge Jehovah after they were willing to take a stand. Men, if we want him to be acknowledged, we must be willing to teach our families to take a stand, Pastor, do you really believe that great revival is coming? I believe this book. And in the last days, in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit. And it won't just be your son's. It'll also be your daughters. Isn't it amazing the language that is used? Sons, daughters, the offspring, the children. Dads, I want our kids to have revival. I want our kids to be willing to take a stand. I got a a daughter. Some of you girl dads in the room, let me talk to you. I want her to have the Holy Ghost tenacity. And every young man here and watching online better hear me. But I don't want it to be because they're intimidated of me. I don't want her to need me around to stand for what's right. Young men in a world that celebrates promiscuity, I talk to you on behalf of the 20-year-old version of you and the 30-year-old version of you. Stand now if you want to be standing later. If you really want them to... Those of you that go to public schools, I want you to hear me right now. I went to public school my whole life. I honor you. I acknowledge that you go. and, And some of you, it is a God mission for you. But you listen to me right now. If you can go to school all year long and no one knows you're different, you've done nothing. You have not stood. If you stand for God you will find there will be a day when even the king will acknowledge there's something about their God that our idols cannot compare with. There's something. I'm telling you, I understand where we're at in prophecy at some level. I understand where we're at in the day and age. Dads, here's what we don't need. We don't need you being actors to try to play the pilot. Pray... Play the war hero. Play the dad. We need dads that'll transfer to their kids. If you have to, if you have to, take you a, take you a pair of shades. Guys, tear these open. I want you to do this with me. Then you're going to give those to your dad. Here's what I want you to do just tear the end open. We don't care about the bag. Here's what we're teaching you to do. I don't want to teach you to be a fake. I want to teach you that even if I got to get into the furnace, it may be bright in there. But let's go. Even if I got to stand up in front of the world and I got to deal with this, you turn that thing up as hot as you need to. I'm ready. Are you sure you want to deal with it? Let's go. What? Think through this one more time. I'm not careful to answer you. What if it costs you your life? What if it costs me my soul? What if it costs you fame? What if it costs me my family? I'd rather be known for dying out than giving in. Lift your hands and pray with me, if you will. God, we love you. God, we love you. I'm asking every dad that's willing to step out of your seat and come down to the front with me for a minute. Every dad that's willing. If you're not willing, I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you are willing, I'm asking you to come and Press all the way in because a lot of dads are trying to come. Thank you, men, for coming. Please come, please come. Ladies and kids, why don't we give it up for our dads right now? I saw Brother Mast walking up here holding a sweet little bundle of joy. Evelyn's one of the sweetest little, Ellowyn's one of the sweetest little, feistiest little girls you ever met in your life. She run around. I walked in the office and had a note from her. You, either you or your wife had helped her leave me a note. They sent me a video one time, said I was one of her favorite guys. I'll keep that video forever. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody hit a softball harder than you. And from what I hear back in the day, you're football playing, you could, you could stick somebody. But this. I wish everybody could see this, him holding this bit. Obe- this. Not their hero. Her hero. Some of you men standing in front of me right now, you're incredibly successful in the corporate world. I need you to know, I'm thankful. I'm I'm blessed that you're blessed. I'm delighted that you've worked hard and God's honored you. That's a good thing. But don't be their hero and not work to be your kid's hero. Dad's We wanna pray for you right now. If you're comfortable, the Bible says for men lifting up holy hands, that's what it says. If you're comfortable men, I want you to lift your hands, and everybody else, I want you to stretch your hand towards our dads. God, we pray for our men, our fathers, to have integrity, have the strength the holy ghost tenacity as it were to stand for right to stand for righteousness and to impart into their children to train their children to train their grandchildren I feel this for some grandfathers right now. You feel like you missed it with your kids, but you're given a second chance right now. There's been reconciliation. You're getting to be with the grandkids. I'm telling you right now, there's a chance for you to show that love and to give that training. Help us to raise certain children. Well, pastor, you don't understand. My kids, are, my kids are grown and raised. Your voice still matters so much. I wouldn't embarrass anybody, but I look up and see, Brother, Brother Turner, the way I've heard Jared Turner, who is a well-respected campus pastor, but the way I've seen him interact and heard him speak about you lets me know that you don't age out of honor for the voice of a father. Father, Grandfather, Man of God. Let's not act Christian. Let's be Christian. Let's not give in to the statistics that the world is saying a father can be. Let's give in to what this book says we should be. Why? So that we can raise Certain children. So that we can have certain grand children. If you agree with that, would you say amen? I want everybody that wants them, you don't have to take them, but if you want them, we ordered them for you. You can take them and wear them or you can throw them on your dresser. You can do whatever it takes to keep them away from your kids because they will break them. I'm going to take a pair and I want to throw them up my, on my dresser. I got this little place I put stuff. Because I promise you, I'm preaching to me and not just you today. This little place so that Brother Ross, when I see him, I want to remember what matters most. is to be a man of God. I love you. I'm thankful. Be a man. Be a strong man. Be a man of God and be the father and the grandfather that you've been called to be.